<laughs> do you like the homogenous sounds? Of course I do. <laughs> we don't have to worry about show titles anymore. We just wait for Joey to give me a nickname. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch Welcome Pacers fans. You were listening to the End of Beatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. And this is episode 665, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials. This show, we're just going to dig into surprises uh, from the beginning of the NBA season. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor. Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up? Undebeatable shout out to November. Somehow it's November. What happened? Yeah, what had happened? From Asheville, North Carolina. He's our in house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles. It's John Squeaky Wheel Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? This is my favorite podcast uh, to do. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Unless you're the editor. <laughs> I think I might be. Oh, crap. <laughs> From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Shout out to uh, LeBron James. Had his debut 20 years ago. Shout out. And uh, also to Magic Johnson, who became the fourth athlete billionaire. Joining LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods. Tiger Mm. Woods, okay. Shout out. Did uh, one of... uh... Johnson's investments go through? How did he hit a billion? Uh, well, he did earn most of his money after he was done playing. He only made $40 million from his career. Um, so he bought parts of the LA Sparks, LA Dodgers, the MLS, um, LAFC. Uh, he invested in the Commanders. He's in the Starbucks, Burger King. Oh, yeah, right. he's in all the A bunch things. of Starbucks. I forgot about that. A bunch that. of movie theaters. I don't know much movie theaters. Yeah. yeah. Billion dollars seems like a lot of money. I mean, a billion of anything is objectively a lot of things. It's yeah. not. It seems like <laughs> it is. What's the thing if I if I count to a billion? Trace how long does it take me? Longer than you got. <laughs> Longer than yeah. I got. And that wasn't a threat. <laughs> <laughs> it felt a little thready, but. <laughs> Well, to help us get to our first billion, you can support the longest-running Pacers podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables. Um, you can support us for as little as a dollar per month, but we may be adding, adding a, a, a Magic Johnson tier here soon. So. <laughs> All right, team. The NBA season is kicked off, or tipped off, I guess would make more sense. And, you know, we discussed, you know, in the previous show, the the run up to um, the season, you know, we where we thought all the teams were going to be at. And, and uh, you know, of course, the media has their, um, you know, their opinions on that stuff. 
you know, we with them sometimes. Other times, we think they're crazy. But what are your surprises starting into this season? Um, I mean, I don't know. The Pacers, you know, they started off great, and I was excited about that. Um, but Jason, where, where were your biggest surprises coming into these first couple weeks? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would guess overall things are, you know, not overly shocking. Like nobody looks uh, insanely good or insanely bad. But I guess I haven't seen everybody. Uh, this is maybe not so much a surprising thing, but unexpected, at least from my uh, perspective, is the way the Memphis Gri- Grizzlies have started. So the Grizz are 0-3, dropping games to the Pellies, uh, Denver, which is totally understandable, and the Wizards, which Ooh. is not understandable. Uh, you know, they're missing John Morant for the first 25 games of the season. And I kind of thought that they would be able to at least hold down the fort and go 500, right, until he got back, which is still possible, obviously. But they were also dealt a pretty devastating blow just before the season. It was announced that Stephen Adams is going to miss the entire year Mm. to have another surgery to fix his knee, which he never fully recovered from, I guess. Um, So he's out again all year. And, you know... That just kills them depth-wise, um, you know, because they're already missing Brandon Clark and obviously John Morant, uh, and yeah, they just it's it's going to be hard for them to win ball games. I think like they just don't have enough firepower. You know, they're what were they? They're twenty six so far in offensive rating. Um, they're doing pretty good defensively still, which is good despite missing Adams. But in this league, you just got to score buckets. Like, it's it's hard to win, be a defensive juggernaut and win a lot of games in the league right now. So that was my sort of takeaway. Or maybe my just, uh, boy, I was wrong <laughs> on that one. Yeah, well, before listeners hear this show they will have played uh, at home against dallas which doesn't look real great given the way things have started off for them they go at utah uh good news for them they get portland two games after that so right yeah they can maybe should be able to pick up at least a couple games next week well you know you talk about the firepower like you know dylan brooks has uh moved on um Tyus Jones, who was their really important backup point guard, is now Mo- moved on as in the right. I'm sorry, was was asked for. to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 but I mean, he's firepower at least. I mean, he can put the ball in the basket. Um, and then Tyus Jones, which is one of the best backup point guards in the league, is now uh, doing his work for the Wizards. Um, yeah, without Jaw, Jaron Jackson Jr. can only do so much by himself, right? Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart still being Marcus Smart, thinking he's going to take the game over. I don't know. Might be a long I, season. I mean, they've been, they've been leaning real heavily on Desmond Bain, and if you know you need sure. him to score thirty a night to have a chance, it's kind of what they need. <laughs> yeah. Well, he scored thirty one against New Orleans, and they locked, they and, they notched an L, and it wasn't so. enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's going to be some tough tough sledding. Yeah, and I guess maybe I overestimated the playmaking ability of. You know, Rose and Bain and Marcus Smart, which was uh, bad on me. That's on me. That's on me. Well, but in (laughs) fairness, the data set that we had from last year was that this is a team that generally plays pretty well without without shot. Now, obviously, they had Stephen Adams for much of those stretches, but not not an encouraging start for Memphis. No. Does Stephen Adams is, is his career over? This is, I mean, how many seasons in a row do you miss before you just say, I'm "Tired of doing this"? I don't know. I mean, he's only thirty, so yeah, I imagine he's an old thirty. I mean, old maybe, 30. but also he's like, he's like from that rugby culture. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He gonna play through some pain. He'll be. That's out. right. Mm-hmm. Tape up that knee and get back out there. Yeah, totally. Just put a beer on it, I think, is what you yeah. do. And then you... Yeah. <laughs> so a piece of wood on either side, wrap it with some duct tape. That it goes. 
rub a koala on it and get back out there, you know. <laughs> All right. So Memphis underperforming. No path forward. They're done. Um, <laughs> Pacers 82 no. Memphis 0 and 82. Nice. Well, those are the takeaways from episodes one and two. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Harper, what what about you? What else is out there is interesting for you? Well, not a surprise, but you can't not be on Wimby Watch a little bit with all the hype that surrounded this kid coming out of uh, coming out of the draft. Um, His opening night game was the most watched in more than ten years. Mm. Will not be shocked to learn that viewership in France was up two hundred and (laughs) twenty percent. So. I assume that means 220 people now watching France. Uh, a little bit of rough first outing. He was kind of battling foul trouble, but still ended up with 15 points, five, two assists, two steals, and a block. Um, his team is one and one. He's averaging, you know, 18, eight, and a couple blocks a game. He's had some highlight reel stuff. There was, there was a play, there was a play where they throw up a lob and. Sohan thinks it's for him. Wimpenyama disagrees, takes it from his teammate at the rim and throws it down. Uh, he's just out there doing incredible stuff. He's hitting three-pointers. Uh, I think he was two of five in, in his first game. And it, it, he just, it takes him getting used to. Like, he's just so giant. It's like yeah. crazy watching him. Well, and he does... He, not only does he hit threes, but then he'll like pump fake, drive into the lanes, do a spin move, then pump fake again and dunk on somebody. And it's yeah. like, wait, what? He was running the floor and threw down a reverse dunk at speed. Yeah, that what? was nuts. <laughs> that was bananas. Uh, and then the other one where he uh, he blocked a guy's shot was like fell out of bounds. And so that, that guy was got Jabari Smith, no less. That guy Jabari can score. Smith. Jabari Smith goes back up. And by the time he goes back up, Wembenyama has recovered and jumped and blocked his shot again. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it's crazy. Just bonkers. He's an alien. He is an alien. And he did that, like, there was like, uh, he did like the dream shake on the baseline and did a turnaround jump shot and just nailed it. And it's like, if he can do that, that's just, just like, why are we playing basketball? Like, just <laughs> unblockable. I mean, yeah. he's 20 years old also. Well, and, and, and Pop, uh, you know, was talking about him, and he was like, yeah, we're not really sure what his position is yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he might be a small forward. Like, the man is 7'6". He's not a small forward. He could be your point forward. Right. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're, we're still working on what his, his final position is going to be. It's a new position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can put other guys out there if you want. Not necessary. Feels like overkill. <laughs> kind of does. The, just when they're on defense, the the court looks so crowded, just because his wings his wings take up so much space. It's like, oh my god. There was a on I saw on Reddit today. He uh, accidentally elbowed one of his teammates in the head, not real hard, but his wingspan is big enough that he when he did that, he also had time to reach back and uh, uh, pat, pat his teammate on the head to apologize uh, all in one motion because he just has that much time. Yeah, I'm super excited. It's, it's uh, you know, it's early, but it's, you know, he's lived up to uh, the hype and just some of the, 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 the highlights don't make sense often, so... Yeah. But that's what, I, that's what I'm yeah, here for. play the Spurs, I think, and... Week and a half or something like that from when we're recording. So get a real good close up look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if you're a Spurs fan, you should be pretty excited about Devin Vassell. Uh, you know, he's not going to grab a lot of headlines with Wimby out there, but that kid, kid looks like he's a ball player. Mm. They got some talent over there, and uh, I hear a pretty good coach. Mm hmm. Didn't he also sign a new contract? Isn't he signed until he's like 105 now? Yeah, I think over the summer he had signed. Uh, it's yeah, it was for 
it was the I think the biggest coaching contract ever. Yeah, and, I think it was a stat it, of the week some, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Five years gets and, him into his eighties. Yeah. Victor Wimbanyama will keep you young. Yeah. Colson, what about you? What do you what have you been surprised at or, or most interested by so far in this season? Uh, you know, I think a lot of the stuff I'm interested in is, is sort of these uh, individuals and their performances. And I know that um, these things aren't that surprising, but I watched, um, it was either, I think it was game one or it might have been game two where uh, the Lakers, um, Anthony Davis, like blocked four uh, shots in the first six possessions. And he's just everywhere. And I was like, oh, right. He's absolutely incredible when he's engaged in, when he's focused and fresh, you know, because he's dealt with injuries so much of his career. Um, and I hope he has a fantastic season um, because he's a really special talent. Um, you know, uh, thinking also, of course, of uh, Jokic, who just casually is putting up, you know, 28, 13, and 8 on 62% shooting. His team is 3-0. and You know, everybody's worried about them losing depth, you know, with Brown and Green leaving and whatnot. And it, he's just at the peak of his powers and it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and uh, they're going to continue to be great as long as he's healthy. Also, I predicted the Mavericks would suck. I, I think I had them missing the playoffs, didn't I? But Luka Donis just go ahead and uh, scoring 41-12-9 on 58% shooting. And... <laughs> And has led his team. His team is currently undefeated. So, um, yeah, absolutely incredible. If he's going to do that, I guess the team won't suck that bad. So I, these things aren't that surprising, I suppose. Uh, but uh, just fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's what makes the game fun. And then the other update on an individual, um, which I think is worth watching, is I think James Harden has looked great in a yellow hoodie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he is I'm trying to sneak onto the team plane, which did not succeed. Did not succeed. He was asked not to go on the team's first road trip by security. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was told to uh, practice with the G League affiliate instead. I'm sure that went real well. Yeah, sure. That's a fun <laughs> sure that, I'm sure that happened. Um, no, I mean, he is. You know, all summer was just burning down the franchise, saying that uh, he doesn't trust Daryl Morey and he'll never play for him ever again. And, um, but you know, the league is looking into why he's not playing because he's not injured. And of course, there's all these rules about you have to play if you're healthy now. Um, also, I think there's a certain amount of time that he um, is allowed to not play before it becomes a real issue with the league. And I think that's only like two weeks. Um, and uh, so there's rumor that he's going to start ramping up with Philly because there's pressure from coming from other places. Um, I'm just really curious about how all this unfolds because uh, he's done a real good job of not making him a fan uh, of the uh, general manager and probably a lot of the fans. I Anyone? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ever anywhere? <laughs> and uh, so it's, I don't get it. It's just is he a being mess. Locked out, or is he holding out from participating? So he's holding out from participating, but then, yeah, he recently tried to go on. Well, on the he road did some trip. limited participation. He was like, yeah. "Yeah, I'll just hop on this plane." Yeah, so he, okay. he, I think he did like the practice with the team before opening night, but then just didn't show up to the game, and then like. And then it was like, I guess I'm going to go on the road trip. And they're like, you have no, you've like, you're not playing with us. Like you've decided not to come to these games and now you're trying to know. So like, it's just, I think there's a lack of communication with him and the organization right now. And um, yeah, uh, but he was on the bench in an orange hoodie or a yellow hoodie uh, in the last game and they're ramping him up. They hope to have him back in three to four games is what the, uh, what the uh, organization said. Interesting. Okay. Because he needs his conditioning because he didn't do any of the uh, preseason. This is so the the Sixers are going to allow him to play. They it sounds like they're going to allow him to play now. 
Well, uh, but maybe they also, will, maybe they won't. In the meantime, Tyrese Maxey has been clearly in shape because he's playing 40 minutes a night and posting 32 a game yeah. from yeah. the two spots. So yeah. right now, even on merit, James Harden's number two on the depth chart. <laughs> sure. Hey, one thing I thought has been pretty cool is uh, watching a healthy Zion Williamson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's been fun. I kind of forgot that guy was freaking amazing. When Zion Williamson thinks through, through two games, he hasn't even taken a shot outside of the paint. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to. Nope. He knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Boy, he's just so quick, so strong. He's blown by people. So hopefully, I really hope that stays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what I was gonna say. I really hope he can he can stay healthy because he's really really fun to watch. So I was I was gonna get real I was gonna uh, get excited about my uh, Atlanta Hawks uh, don't make the playoffs um, prediction, but apparently mm-hmm. they they just beat the Bucks tonight, making them one and two. Oh. So they're not gonna go zero and eighty two, but my prediction of them not making the playoffs is still still intact. Screw those guys. Yeah, what's what's suck at Atlanta we, fans. You know, I mean, I was gonna say I don't mind digging into Atlanta a little bit, uh, yeah. Colson. What are you seeing out of them that's, uh, you know, subpar? Well, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, the argument that, that Jason made is that Quinn Snyder is a very good coach. He's one of the coaches that matter in this league. And my argument was that if Trey Young is your best player, you're never going to be very good. So I stand, like, uh... I stand by that. <laughs> like an immovable force against an irresistible <laughs> no immovable object against an irresistible yeah. force it's a physics thing right yes mm-hmm. there you go and trey young so far is winning that trey, trey young's ineptitude <laughs> so far winning that bad news early for uh for blazer fans and nba fans, probably anthony simons oh uh, yeah that was a bummer yeah thumb gonna miss four to six weeks mm. but you know, if you were a team that maybe didn't want to win a lot of games, I know no one would ever tank openly. That would be crazy. But, you know. Unless you're Mark Cuban in the Dallas. <laughs> or Jason Kidd, yeah. Well, that's too bad. How's Scoot looking so far? Uh, Scoot looks pretty damn good so far. Does he? <laughs> that guy's been playing professional basketball. He's still playing professional basketball. He's fun to watch. I did see also uh, Kevin Durant passed Hakeem Olajuwon as now the 12th leading scorer of all time. Whoa. Kudos to you, Durant. Do we take a shot for that, Colson? Um, I think when he retires, I think. No, he's not okay. on the fast. He's not. On the, I don't know what we do because he passed Weren't Elijah. We doing something one? when somebody passed somebody on a list. Yeah. Right. No, I think yeah. if you passed Elijah one, we all have to take a shot. I don't. I don't have any liquor on me though. So. Okay. Next time. We'll just. Uh, we just. We can all cheers to him. What well, I thought it was a shot if anyone passed anybody on any list. <laughs> you clearly thought listened. it was just if we said a name. You clearly have listened to the show before. Yeah, you know how this works. Hey, are we due? Are we due for a, a Pacers uh, your your fluid list update? You know, we for, might be. I mean, especially with all these new guys uh, playing so well. You know, they're they're knocking on the door. Uh, top twenty five already. Uh, Neem, I feel Neem, like Neem Neem Smith is, and Nimhard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're coming fast. I feel like we got to make a playoff appearance first before. That's uh, true. That's true. Um, Miles My, My, Turner has, has uh, you know, quietly moving up with his, um, you know, just being around. That helps. Just hanging that around. just helps a lot. <laughs> Unsuccessfully being traded. Yeah, the, the longer you stay on the team, the more it helps your uh, chances. 
for sure. Yeah, not as much as getting traded and coming back, though. That's, that's like that's, that's true. true. That's it like just the shoots you to the top ten. It does, man. <laughs> it's like an auto top ten play. Yeah. No, do you remember, Joey, when I told you that if Lance came back a third time, he was automatic top five? Yeah. He's yeah. top five. That happened. Um, <laughs> this is why I we're going to have to do an update soon. Yep. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, no, I agree. I agree with you. I, I, I want a, a long playoff run this season, and then I, everything's gonna, the whole thing's going to be in chaos. As opposed to its normal, stable, <laughs> that's, that's right. predictable form. That's right. Um, I mean, I, that's what you always say. It's a list that's etched into granite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Let's take a let's take a quick break, and we'll come back in the second half. We'll talk about uh, some some Pacer stuff, and we'll uh, I think we'll get into an undegoogleable as well. The, the rumor is that this is a good one. <laughs> Been waiting 180 episodes. <laughs> this is so. the one. So I'm gonna throw this one over to you. We uh, we got some Pacer stuff to to get off our chest, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I I I spent uh, the uh, preseason um, very concerned. I think I said it was keeping me up at night uh, about uh, how we were gonna run our rotations because there were 13 guys that seemed like they need minutes, and that's not how the NBA works. Um, we've also got some, you know. Young guys that I'd love to see get minutes. I'm sorry. There's an ambulance. Are you apologizing because you killed somebody? <laughs> I should have done it after the show. <laughs> so that it wouldn't destroy our audio. Yeah, seriously. Could you be more considerate when you kill people? When I murder people. Um, no, I, I, I think that... Uh, what's been interesting is... I mean, I, I think we all knew sort of Matherin was going to start... Um, and that Bruce Brown was going to start because we played him like a starter. Um, Obi Toppin seemed to have the inside track because, um, you know, we're playing Jalen Smith more as a center than a power forward. Uh, we always knew Miles Turner was going to start and Halliburton was going to start. But, you know, the backup point guard being Nimmerhart or McConnell, uh, the backup center being Smith or Jackson, um, and then, you know, what was Wara or Neesmith or Shepard or Buddy Heald going to get these minutes, you know, at the, at the wing positions. And it seems uh, like it's not decided yet totally, but what does seem to be decided is that Neesmith and Neemhard are sort of the keys to the bench right now. Um, and it doesn't really seem to be a question about it. So may have thoughts on the starting lineup and, and, and what's going on with the bench. Uh, is it still really fluid, or has Isaiah Jox- Jackson lost out to Jalen Smith already this early in the season? <laughs> you know, he may he may have lost out in training camp. Um, the thing that jumped 
off the screen for me watching these guys was that our, our starting five just makes sense. It's, it's not always the case that you're not trying to square peg, you know, round hole guys into positions that aren't natural for them. And our starting five makes sense, right? These guys are in positions that make sense. And that is a really nice luxury to have. You know, part of that is our depth. Part of that is, you know, good management. In the, in the sense that we're not playing guys out of position. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, guys are in places that make sense for them, right? So we're, we, we've got a starting five. You know, we're not trying to put Paul George at four. We're not doing weird yeah. stuff because our <laughs> roster isn't filled out properly. Yeah. Right. This is a team that just really makes sense, and it is true throughout the units, right? And and we just we've got the kind of depth now that we can we can really play with, and that, like I said, that really jumped off the screen for me. Even though guys are still kind of working out how it's all going to work on the floor. They're in their positions, so that's good. As far as, you know, looking farther down the road, we talked about Neesmith getting his extension, but there were three other guys who were eligible for extensions, namely uh, Toppin, McConnell, and Tice, who we didn't immediately extend. Probably no surprise in Toppin because he's so new to the squad. Or Tice because probably not part of our long-term plans. McConnell, well, even if we were going to sign him, we might want to make him play for a while first because he's kind of a bulldog and... You love to light a fire under that guy. It's just fun. And his replacement is on the team if we need it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's going to struggle to find minutes with how good Nimhart is. And unless we're blown guys out, Tyrese is going to be playing a lot of minutes. Uh, we've got some position flex in Brown and Matherin. And, you know, it, it's going to be increasingly tough to get minutes on this team, especially as Jairus Walker comes along and starts demanding front court minutes. You know, if you're Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson, you, you're going to have a, a real hard time seeing the court. You know, this is a team that looked pretty good at the gate and is going to get better and better and better every day. Yeah, and I would say, uh, you know, you could put Jalen Smith's name in pencil in that second unit, I think. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's played pretty well the first couple games and hitting threes getting rebounds and again makes sense you know what i mean like he the geometry makes sense at five for him and he defends well enough for a second unit center you know i'm obviously he's not a brim defender like uh like turner is but he's long and (laughs) can be in the right place kind of (laughs) yeah yeah when we brought him in he was playing our backup center and earned minutes and then we thought we gave him an extension. We said we'll we'll slot him in at that power forward next to Turner, and it never quite worked. Right. It does make more sense for him to be that backup center. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say that so there's eight that are solidly, you know, that's those guys are going to get minutes every night. And then the ninth guy I think is going to depend on matchup, you know, from night to night. So some nights it's going to be McConnell. Some nights it's going to be, I don't know. Walker maybe as time goes on or Noir if we need more shooting or um, whatever the matchup should be or starters get more extended minutes you know depending on well you're forgetting Buddy Heald I mean he's he's getting oh, yeah, the first, Heald, yeah, sorry, he's, sorry, he's sorry, the first yeah. guy off the bench right now who we can't keep yeah. off the floor Heald, yeah. Heald's the first guy off the bench right now and you yeah, know yeah, there yeah, was some right. I totally, I totally well, well that, partly yeah. because we kind of assumed he might not be a part of the team you know the right. way that the offseason was going um he didn't accept the extension and seemed like he wanted to be traded and we didn't find a trade that worked. So we're st- but he loves basketball. So we're still, playing. <laughs> he's still playing basketball, right? Yeah. Well, absolutely. And playing really well for, for us is in everybody's best interest for buddy, whether he's here or someplace else, he's in a contract here. <laughs> he needs to play good basketball. So right. we're going to get plenty out of buddy this year. He'll get some minutes. He's applying the the logic that James Harden fails to <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I totally spaced Buddy Heald, but you're right. Yeah, that's nine guys, which is why you know they talked in the the broadcast uh, for the Cleveland game that Carlisle said it was the most difficult conversation or one of the most difficult conversations yeah. he's ever had with T.J. McConnell before the Washington game to sit him down and be like. There's no minutes, man. <laughs> yep. I got nine dudes that are legit NBA players, and you know, Nimhart is the future, and 
he's already ready. He's NBA ready. He started yeah. mm-hmm. eight seventy games last year or something like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. In the same conversation, we describe a guy as you know one of the best competitors this franchise has ever seen. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. The guy who just wills himself onto the court with his competitiveness. You're right. There's just guys with a lot of skills out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it would be interesting to see, like there are teams that are interested in TJ McConnell, right? Because of all the things that he brings to the floor. Like the, the Suns have been rumored quite a bit um, because they could use a desperately need. I hear, I hear the Grizzlies could use some ball handling. Yeah. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that, you know, it's unclear what his price is and, Phoenix has already mortgaged their future, so we can't extract any draft picks from them or young guys. They don't have either of those things. So uh, we could see a situation where he stays on the team, which in the long run could be super useful. I mean, Halliburton, as great as he is, you know, misses games. Like, he gets hurt. He'll get hurt at some point. Nimhard seems pretty solid, but, you know, guys are going to get hurt, and so having this extra depth is... I mean, super important. Does that make you feel any better, Colson? Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, Better than 82 and 0? Well, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm always, uh, of, of course, the, the, the more depth you have, the better, and people do get hurt and all that stuff. I just, you know, the best teams in the league have chemistry, and if you've got too many guys, sometimes you got to get rid of some guys. Um, and I'm, I, this team is too young to start that conversation yet but i mean you know if if carlisle's having to have that conversation with mcconnell before the season starts like you know this is a a potentially an issue and if buddy healed saying hey i don't want to be a bench player and i can start somewhere else like you know i just worry about that stuff i love the depth i love the competitiveness. i want guys to be fighting for their you know for their minutes because that's going to make a better product on the floor but i also want people to be happy and um, and I wanted you know I think the young kids will develop the way they're going to develop. I don't think Walker and Shepard need you know twenty minutes a night right now. Like that's not that's not where we're at. But I'm curious about the Jackson thing. You know, um, I really thought he was uh, the future as the backup center, and you know he's not seeing a minute. You know, there's, there's some part of me that wonders if getting a bunch of minutes off the bench right now is maybe not the best thing for you. Uh, you know, Carlisle certainly has responsibilities to the management team and is very in the loop on all the conversations that they have. And if you are going to have some guys out there that you're not sure what you're doing with yet, but you want to make sure that you're in a position to move if you need to, showcasing them a little bit in a few extra minutes at the beginning of the season is not the worst thing for you, right? Mm-hmm. So Also true. We know Jarris Walker is not going anywhere. We know Ben Shepard's not going yeah, but there are going to have to be some roster moves made on this team because there legitimately are guys who deserve a shot someplace else, and we just we're going to run out of minutes quick. Yeah, what what what, what did Wara shoot from the, the three point line last year? Like forty percent. Yeah, basically. You know, we're like, ah, eh, we don't really need him. He's your third guy on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, third guy at at power forward and small forward like the man can't yeah. crack either one no, <laughs> like, come on yeah you're in garbage time against the wizards and barely barely making the floor getting five minutes yeah yeah Ugh. Ugh. well hopefully we just blow teams out at 140 to 115 every night and then we just have plenty of time for these guys to all play yeah that's a good plan i think w- winning winning cures a lot of those problems though i think people complain a lot less when you know when you're you know, 50, 60, 70, and oh, like, they'll. Everybody kind of just gets it. They kind of get in line, you know? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. You just want to be part of it. Just trust know? trust the coach at that point. Yeah, trust, trust at the process point. at 50 and oh. Mm-hmm. Unless you're James Harden. James Harden makes to complain. hates that process. This isn't working, coach. No <laughs> <laughs> minutes. <laughs> more minutes, yeah. I want him and you know, Kyrie Buddy to be he- on the same team so much. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> so entertaining. If Buddy Heald is not happy being on the bench, he can. He's got another person that he can can reach out to for support. Uh, Chris Paul is now uh, a bench player. 
And that lasted uh, one game or two? Two games. Okay. Nice. It was until Draymond came back from his injury. Yeah. And um, so those those guys can talk about good you know good bench strategies. Um, or maybe Paul should be reach, leaning on uh, Buddy Heald because Buddy Heald's been draining threes. So I'm okay with that. I love Heald. I love his energy. I love his swag. I love the whole thing about Buddy Heald. Knocking on the door of the top 25 paces of all time. Woo. He's From in the, the waiting room. He's in the waiting room. He's 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 but he's knocking on the door. Uh is he at number twenty six with uh thirty or forty other people? <laughs> with the whole with the rest of the current roster. No, there I have a I have a top thirty eight, top twenty five players of all time. <laughs> and Bruce Brown is listed twice, but not in the top twenty five. Which is weird. Which is, is weird. this on our um undebeatopedia? No, it, sh- it should be, though. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and make a post. But the thing is, is it's... It's on I mean, Light. It's... <laughs> it's for you, Colts. That's the free version. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, you don't have to be a Patreon for the Undipedia Light. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think... I mean, it is etched in stone, but it's also fluid. Like, I don't know if we can get um, something that... It's like that. It's like that, rock and water on the internet. I don't know how that. Yeah, works. it's like that material that's like liquid, but if you run across it real fast, it's solid. Yeah. Non non Newtonian mm. liquid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's now the non Newtonian uh, pacer twenty five. Non Newtonian pacer top twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. On Pedialyte. On, on the, the Pedialyte. <laughs> All right. Should we learn something? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Do I have to? So, my oh, do you do you want to set it up or do you want me to just go straight to the jingle? What do you want to do, Joey? Let's uh let's introduce what it is that you do here. <laughs> <laughs> no time like the present to figure out and what that looks like. What it is? What what is it that you do here? It's not been apparent. Yeah. Still waiting on that org chart from Colson. We did leave him in charge of that. I just don't think I'm going to come in anymore. <laughs> you going to quit? No. no. I'm not quitting. No. He's not going to come in. Um, so my, um, I do, uh, oh, it's a new season. You're right. We might have new listeners. Um, we might. And. Uh, Which is why we brought our A game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, come on. The last five minutes were gold, I swear. Um, so uh, we do a thing called the Undegooglables, which is also its own, own feed. So we uh, cut out this section from the show and we put it on the Undegooglables, which you should also uh, subscribe to because there's also novel things. If you think you've listened to all the Undebeatables and therefore you have all the Undegooglables, you're wrong. I would say maybe I don't know fifteen percent of the of the things on Undegoogables are, are heard nowhere else but that feed. Um, and what we do is we uh, that we take the four of our brains and we try to answer a question or deal with a topic or uh, guess uh, the origin of a turn of phrase uh, without googling it. And at the end of it, we do Google it and find out we were very close to correct and then we only remember the wrong things that's how on google's works. that is how that works <laughs> <laughs> so cue jingle oh are we doing under google's that was the plan Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Or maybe I did the jingle before that. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to we'll fix it in post. Double um, jingle. Double jingle. Uh, it's a semi-weekly jingle. Um, so my roommate came back. Uh, from uh, time uh, with family, and she had uh, she has a, a little little nephew, and he was explaining uh, 
the axolotl salamander. Have you heard of an axolotl? Thank you, axolotl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, never heard of him, but that's how you say it. Axolotl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, probably autocorrect is why I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Definitely mm-hmm. not because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, she was saying very uh, interesting things about the axolotl salamander and that, that it can lose its limbs and grow them back, right? Mm-hmm. But it is endangered. And I thought to myself, we spent a lot of time on the Undergoogables talking about evolution. <laughs> and uh, and I thought to myself, this is something I need to ask my friends. If you, if evolutionarily, you can regenerate limbs, you should be Teflon, right? You should like live forever. You should be great. Why are you... Um, why are you endangered? You should just be able to regrow every part of you and you should, you should be on the top of the food chain. And so I understand um, nothing about why this isn't working better for the old axolotl salamander. Well, quick, well it, actually quick uh, question. I just, Joey, you like, I had never heard of the axolotl salamander until last week. Mm. Why is this popular right now? What is the, well, my brother had, I don't know if he has any right now, but they definitely had, had kept some at aquarium. So for, for, for several years. So okay. I would see him at their house. I was hanging that, out that's with a I child. So I thought maybe there was some mm. like pop culture. They're like super, they can be super cute. Like they're, they're very unique looking. Yeah. It was definitely like a stuffed a permanent animal. smile kind of. Thing. Yeah. Mm, okay. Like, um, like infant. What is the. I forget what the phrase is, they, but they basically stay in an infantile sort of morphological right. state. Yeah. And so they, yeah, they look adorable. So it's like a puppy for its entire life. Right. Yeah. Big eyes, cute smile. Yeah. They have these weird like gill type things, right. like three gills mm-hmm. hang off. Interestingly. Yeah. I just actually listened to a stuff you should know about these guys. Nice. Um, and they, uh, the name is actually the original name uh i think it's a mayan name yeah it sounds very uh yeah and so it's like i think it's axolotl or something like that because that x is a sh in that language but yeah and they're a popular research animal i guess i i know them from research people study them because they have interesting they have huge kidneys (laughs) Mm. so Ah. easy to study uh in the kidney field but to get back to your question, Colson, I think it depends on... So much of evo- evolution, or evolution, however you want to pronounce it, is driven by changes in climate and environment, right? Okay. So if the world around you changes too quickly and you are unable to adapt to it, you're not going to make it. You will become endangered and potentially extinct, Right. So regardless of whether or not you can grow back a limb, it that doesn't necessarily help you survive a change in ambient water temperature or acidity or yeah. I would also argue that if you're an animal that has to develop, um, you know, an evolutionary advantage where you can grow back limbs, you're losing limbs way too often. <laughs> <laughs> the Why fact you, you have a solution to that Fair. tells me. Okay, excellent point. They sort of, yeah, doomed to begin with, sort of. Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, do you is that is that where that comes from? Like, you just like I got so many, I'm losing so many limbs. I just I had to grow them back. Well, so, yeah, there's a big branch of research sort of interested in this. And the ability to grow back limbs is not limited to axolotls. There are a lot of species that can regrow parts of their body, right? Starfish can do that, is that right? Yeah, starfish. There's this flatworm called planaria that people study a lot. You can cut it down to, like, less than 50% of its body, and it will grow completely back, which is pretty wild. Is it and like so people, if you take stem cell more than half of it out, is it still the this. same thing? It's a, it's a philosophical question for you. Right. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's a good <laughs> question. Ship. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So stem cell biologists are super interested in this because, you know, obviously these are lots of the genes that 
they are discovering are involved in this regenerative process exist in mammals and you know other species but they don't have the same capacity at some level and the question is why or why not or is it in is there a way that we could reactivate these programs to sort of solve lost limbs in a human or something like that right so yeah so i think it's an evolutionary hold over i guess from other species i mean you would think that you know at some some level there's something pretty automatic about the larger you are the more you know metabolic investment it takes to 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 regrow anything right so sure you know at what point does that just become a losing proposition from an evolutionary standpoint probably i mean there aren't a lot of big animals that do it right it's always you know it, it are almost always pretty small little guys i guess starfish can be pretty good and do it but they're pretty simple structures right yeah that's the other thing is the complexity of the tissue that gets regrown i think poses a limitation on the regenerative capacity so you're saying there's not a lot going on in an axolotl arm or tail potential definitely in a tail there's not a ton going on right i mean there is there's bone there's muscle there's nervous Nerves. system or but whatever it's a fancy counterweight right yeah in a sense yeah. <laughs> yeah. with some cooling properties as we as, we, as we've learned right yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, so the complexity of a human arm is is, is going to be more uh, difficult to regenerate than a little bitty cute lizard arm or salamander arm. That's a good question. I mean, in theory, yes. I guess probably there's more complex muscles, I would guess. Especially in a human arm, because we have all these muscles to do complicated hand movements and grab onto things and stuff. Well, I guess I guess the question is is first of all, I understand why that would be useful evolutionarily to be able to grow something back that you lose, right? That makes sense to me. Um, if it's real complex for the uh, physiology of it, then why 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 does it happen? I mean, just because it's useful. I mean, how weren't there enough uh, enough axolotls that were just like, yeah, I lost an arm and I still was I was still cool for a while. Like, when did when did it become useful to do that? Um, I mean, I, I, we've talked about evolution before and I know I'm still dumb about it, but like these things happen over millennia, right? And they all make sense because they fit in your, uh, they make you, um, able to survive better than if you didn't have these adaptations, right? In the aggregate. Yeah. In the aggregate. Right. Not in the individual life of a single salamander. Right. But overall. Mm -hmm. And it just is a weird thing that you would. Again, I get that it's useful, but it's weird that it happens. I think that's where it's weirding me out. Yeah, I Life mean... it's weird, bro. <laughs> yeah. There are also vestigial things, right? Which are evolutionary holdovers that are no longer useful to you, but you My still tail. have them. Right. Yeah. Harper's tail. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I I doubt that this is one of those things, but like, yeah. And I mean, I think from what I this is not my field of biology at all, but from what I recollect, having gone to some talks where people discuss these things, is that there's something unique about the nature of the stem cell niche or like the presence of stem cells in different places uh, as you move along the evolutionary sort of ladder, if you will. So like these axolotls probably have resident stem cells everywhere in their body right whereas humans we don't hmm. you know and so a stem cell is something that could become anything you know any type of cell or tissue and so you need that if you're going to regrow a limb because you need to make muscle you need to make bone you need to make vascular cells you need to make nervous cells you need to do all of that so that's a very multipotent sort of stem cell and we just don't yeah humans don't have the i mean lots of mammals and reptiles probably even and birds i don't I suspect, have like stem cells just hanging around right? i suspect you don't have to get super far up the intelligence scale for it to be easier to learn to adapt with 
and your general intelligence than it is to totally regrow the thing from, thing from scratch while you're also having to adapt to the thing anyway, right? It's not going to be like, it's going to take, I don't know, what, a year to regrow my arm, right? I'm going to have to figure out right. to do it all one-handed anyway. Sure. If I can make it the year, why not two, three, five, six? Well, okay. This is a, a, a follow-up question. Um, why isn't everything axolotls then? I mean, you know... Because uh, it's all we, elephants. It should yeah, all be elephants. Elephant. It should all be elephants. But why do... Uh, it seems very useful for this axolotl to have stem cells as part of all of its biology. And you're saying, Harper, it's, 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 it's a, the, the brain probably makes that less useful. And you don't need it as much. But if that's, it seems like if we got all these stem cells laying around, why don't we just use them? Well, I mean, again, you're talking about metabolic cost, right? So by having stem cells spread out throughout the body, just waiting in reserve for something to happen, like there's a cost to that evolutionarily, right? Hmm. And so, you know, how much of your body do you have to lose before you're not a viable organism in the wild? Probably not that much in most cases, right? As a large organism, you're cooked <laughs> i see yeah and so we should be using that metabolic energy on things like brains instead of just random stem cells maybe That's maybe one in the reason yeah yeah i mean another reason is yeah exactly like developmentally and uh ethologically what are the things that suit you best to your environment and help you pass genes on to the next generation or help your sibling pass genes on to the next generation, right? And you could easily see a, a trade-off for that ability versus something else, like the ability to climb out of the, live in multiple environments or something like that that would give you a massive advantage. So final question to bring this back around, because I always love talking to you about you guys about evolution, and, and I... I feel like I learned something here all the time. The current environment for these animals is because we're all murdering them for stem cells. Is that what's happening? Is that why, is that why they're endangered? Why they're endangered? That's a good question. I don't know why they're endangered, but I would blame climate change. Climate change. I would imagine sure. climate change has something Yeah, like that. I, that's been my understanding was that, that I think that the, the water temperature, I think, Jason, I think you mentioned, I think that was the one I had heard was the water temperature I think was, uh, you know, regrowing a limb doesn't help you there. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, look, we just rip all their limbs off. They're fine. They're still going to survive. But I guess if yeah, that's not what's as... killing them, something else. Right. That's only making them stronger, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There's some tough, tough cookies. Oh, stupid climate change. You know, potentially humans encroaching on their environment too. I would imagine that seems to be a, a thing that we tend to do. After Shalotl, the Aztec god of fire and lightning. Cool. Mm. Such a cute little guy. Such a such a violent name. Hard, hardcore. <laughs> hardcore. So, and you're saying just uh, real cute, uh, and and uh, survives in a, a baby form entire life so that what parents don't kill it is that what it is yeah it's called neo neoteny which is where you retain most of your larval features into adulthood genus species is abistoma mexicanum and apparently is a pedomorphic salamander which i don't know what that means oh you know what i think i think i did see something that a, a low percentage of them will change their uh, like stage. Oh, so they'll look uh, elderly. I think Grow that there some gray scales. Yeah, I True. think that there are Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> <laughs> Both neoteny uh... and progenesis result in pedomorphism as having the form of tip- the form typical of children. Or pedomorphosis. Oh, pe- pedo as not foot, but child as in P-A. Yeah, P-A. Mm. Yeah. Changing yeah, I was, I was thinking changing my foot because it got cut off is what I was going with pedomorphosis. 
Oh my gosh. According <laughs> to a study carried out by Mexican biologist Luis Zambrano, there were 6,000 axolotls per square kilometer in the Xochimilco Lake Complex in 1998. Today, there are just 35. Mm. I don't know if that means 35 total or 35 per hopefully, square kilometer. But regardless. Per square kilometer. That's yeah. Still, that's dramatic. So things that are causing a drop in axolotl numbers water pollution so they there's a lot of uh development in mexico city uh overfishing uh and habitat loss and invasive species mm. so they typically are at the top of the food chain uh, but there are invasive species like perch tilapia uh which I'm assuming eat their eggs, and then so that's reducing their numbers. Oh, they have external gills. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, this one, yeah, saying that there's fifty to a thousand axolotls left in the wild, but a million in captivity. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's wild. Did we answer your question, Colson? We yeah, nailed it. I don't right? know how to Google to answer your question, but I yeah, nailed it. Okay. Just heard of. Sweet. I just found out about a thing I didn't know anything about, and then I was like, I don't know why that makes sense. Just need somebody to make it make sense for me. That's why we. That's why you come to us. That's exactly why I come to you guys. The world is a scary place, and you all make it feel safer. No. Oh. I don't feel safer, but all right. <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not an axolotl. You're good to go, bro. Yeah, that's true. Uh, under Google Bulls, it's a big warm blanket. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Colson, glad we helped you out. Yeah. When do you? Uh, how's the? How's the? Uh, the old. And the Google Bulls feed going these days? Still, still uh, putting out bangers. <clears throat> yeah, uh, they're they're only going up uh, semi regularly at this point. We've we've okay. uh, our well has run a little dry, but now that the season is is back, it'll be uh, much more often. They'll just probably okay. be in real time. So if you hear it here, you don't necessarily have to hear the other one. Um, still put out some novel ones occasionally. So also, I encourage fans to go back and start at the beginning. By the time you catch up we'll have a bunch of new stuff for you so because you can't you can't learn that stuff enough you know you can't you can't learn that enough <laughs> thanks teach all right team well i think that's uh our our uh, i think our stop is coming up here so uh we're gonna get going until next week you can find us on the social medias we're on twitter at undebeatables facebook.com slash the undebeatables our website is the there's a contact form you can use to send us a message and good old email shout out at the undebeatables.com and at the website slash store is where you get your swag on for the architect donnie walsh and our once and always hall of fame coach Probably I didn't feel like you wanted to let that one out. You're trying to, you're trying to hold that in. <laughs> trying to bottle that one in. You're really fighting it. Trying to bottle it, sell it. I'm, I'm excited to hear all the new, the, the new. Uh, song uh, styles that we got for this upcoming season yeah yeah i don't think i've ever done one like that before i mean i've done things similar but that was that was pretty feeling good it's you know start to a new season i'm going to bring the bring the heat yeah i feel like normally your plan now is to just mix styles and go two and one Mm -hmm. to maintain originality but uh yeah i like it All right, Colson, I found a pretty sweet article. Well, at least the abstract seems really interesting. 
of why self-repair or regenerative capacity seems to be lost as evolution mm. goes on. Ooh. Because uh, God, abstract, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, different trends in evolution of regenerative capacity, which is not always beneficial for the individual and notably for the species. Um, driven by the evolution of signaling pathways and progressive restriction of differentiation plasticity with concomitant advances in adaptive immunity. Oh, pretty much what we said. Pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, we got some homework for this week. Nice. Uh, send that to me. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's it. I put it in Slack. Okay. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a, there'll be a, a quiz later. <laughs> can do a journal club. Fun to beat a journal club. Mm. I'll I'll uh, I'll read it. I'll break it down and I'll I'll put it on on the beat here. Like, yeah, perfect, perfect. Colson, I can spin you up a wiki real quick. <laughs> I've done I, it before. I don't know how to do it. No, I know. <laughs> How do we not have a Wikipedia then? I think a lot of people that uh, like podcasts that have those, their fans do that, so that the people themselves don't have to do it. Yeah. So uh, why don't you uh, threaten some fans and do a start a Wikipedia for us? That's right. Uh, Mike was really cute. He uh, he sent me a text uh, the night of the opening night, and he's like. Pacers are getting third seed in the East. Nobody can stop our offense. And I was like, "Slow down, buddy. We just <laughs> we just beat the Wizards. All right. Like, I, I get it. I get it. I'm glad you're excited, but like, it's just, it's just... I like how you're the yeah. voice of reason here. I, I thought you were gonna say, "Get off my lawn." That's that's my man. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's my corner, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear.